Welcome to All Passion, No Patience, where we unravel the confines of limitations, explore perspectives, and discover new possibilities. Let's take action and get one step closer to our ideal version of self. Today, we are joined by Antronique Lewis. Antronique, she describes herself as being a clinical expert in sexual and generational trauma. She's an advocate and ally for the LGBTQ community, and she likes to specialize in relational challenges, people experiencing extreme anxiety and depression symptomology, and she works as a professional licensed counseling associate here in the state of Texas. Antronique, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. Can't even lie. What's fantastic about today for you? I am trying something new, and I'm overcoming a really big challenge of mine, so it feels really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, the newness and the challenge. Are we allowed to go there? We can definitely go there. Tell me about the challenge. The challenge is, um, one, I hate the sound of my voice, and so as I'm sitting here listening to myself, I'm like, uh, I don't know how I feel, but then at the same time, it's like, I'm doing it. And I sound just fine. So I'm slowly getting out of my head as we are doing this thing right now. You know what's funny, Nikki? I'm sorry. I called you Nikki. Is that okay? That is okay. My okay. nickname is Nikki. So, yes, that's fine. Awesome. Good. Let's keep it real here. All passion. No patience. No time for the bullshit. So you tell me that you're feeling a certain way about speaking right now but I know you to be a counselor who motivates people every day. What's going on? Okay, so you're just going to call me out like that? <clears throat> well, sometimes as a counselor, we are good at motivating others, but it's hard to motivate ourselves at times, to keep it completely honest. And right now, I am doing my best to instill into myself the same thing that I instill into my clients. And through this journey of mine of overcoming these challenges and working with myself, I'm learning that there is more to me in the things that I am doing, and I should feel more comfortable in putting it out there. Mm. Um, more comfortable and confident in yourself. That, that's ironic because I asked you a couple of months ago uh, to speak to my daughter about the topic of being the authentic version of self. Well, with that, I am very authentic when I am in front of people and I'm having a conversation. But if you are putting a mic in front of my face, then I start to freeze up and I get too into my head. And I'm like, oh, no, is it really me? Are people going to relate to me? Am I going to be judged? But in reality, that's not the truth, because in actual reality, people do relate to me and I relate very well with others mm -hmm. and you know yeah yeah now you're in trouble because you you just put it all on the microphone that's caused you challenges but nikki there's some stuff that you've been trying to kick off there's been some questions about authenticity um and confidence for a couple of years now definitely and i can say right here right now in this but I am feeling pretty damn confident. Ooh, tell them about it. Like, Why? because you just pulled me all the way out of my comfort zone. And this 
it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm slowly, the nerves are sitting, I'm getting in, I'm feeling my energy. Like it's just us having a normal conversation. Yeah, and, and beyond this conversation, um, Nikki, what are, you, what are you doing about that confidence? Are you still keeping it caged in or are you allowing yourself to be exactly who you are in all spaces? I always show up as myself in spaces. I can't help it, you know, mm-hmm. but when you put a recording or a mic in front of someone, mm-hmm. they freeze mm-hmm. and yeah. they. Let, let's move away from the, the, you know, the here and now. Yes, we're in front of these mics, but I'm speaking about across your lifespan. What have you done with that confidence? What have you done with that authenticity? Where has it gotten you in trouble? Where has it gotten me in trouble? Mm -hmm. In doing things for myself? Being around others. You know, your your flavor of authenticity, I I think, and I'm just going to be honest, and you tell me if I'm crossing a boundary here, I think that there's been times where you've tucked it in because other people have felt uncomfortable or you were unsure if you were allowed to be exactly who you are in that space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Being in predominantly white areas, Mm -hmm. having to close off like who I am or Mm -hmm. even, you know, my name, Antronique. Mm -hmm. It's hard for people to say. Mm -hmm. But now I'm slowly starting to embrace my name, Mm -hmm. Antronique Roche Lewis. Mm -hmm. And if you can't say it, eventually you will. Mm -hmm. Because that is what I am going to start going by from now until forever. When did you make that decision? I actually made it maybe like six months ago Mm -hmm. when I started Mm -hmm. another job and um, everybody embraced my name. Mm -hmm. And they started saying it more and more and more. And now my husband is calling me by my name. My husband's white, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just... Oh, it just feels so good to go by Antronique because she's a different version of Nikki for sure. But she has that same authenticity and that confidence mm-hmm. that's instilled in her. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. So within this past, as, as we know it, as I know it, just to be honest, Nikki, in, this, in the past 18 months, you've gone through a lot of changes. Who are you? I have definitely gone through a lot of changes. And right now, I am the person that is pushing past her own barriers that was impacted based on her childhood experiences Mm. and feeling as though she had to stay in this box because Mm -hmm. of what she had been through. Mm -hmm. And then getting to know my clients and seeing the progress that 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 they have made and how I have been a part of their journey and seeing their strength and their love and their growth has helped me to see within myself that I can do the exact same thing. Isn't that funny? Like when we're working with our clients, there are those moments when we're actually working on ourselves. And they say we're not supposed to do that, but let's keep it real. It happens. I I think that that's part of the process to becoming um, a mental health practitioner. I think that's part of the process and becoming the full version, the ideal version of self. How can we help others if we're not being self-aware and improving upon those things that we're spouting to others? Exactly. I mean, that's my favorite thing is, you know, disclosure. 
I love letting my clients know like, hey, I experienced this thing Mm -hmm. and this is how I have been able to overcome it. Mm -hmm. You may overcome it in a different way, but I'm just letting you know that like you're not the only one. You're not alone in this space. How do you keep it within bounds so that you're not monopolizing and oversharing? They just get a little blurb. Mm -hmm. I don't go through like the whole all the specific details. Mm -hmm. But typically with my clients, they know that I feel them, I see them, and I hear them Mm -hmm. for sure. Got you. I would assume that your clients love that authenticity, your brand of it, because it creates a warmth, a endearing environment that they can't experience anywhere else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, as I said before, you know, trying to overcome like listening to my voice and being comfortable, you know, doing my own podcast, uh, I was actually talking to a client about it and some of my struggles with it because they were going through something similar. And they said, you know, Nikki, you're just so authentic and I don't think you need a script and just, you know, listening to you, people want to hear you. And I know in this space, I have grown a lot and other people need to hear that. So, I mean, it's a really special thing. Yeah, I'm going to pause this really quick because I want to ask you something offline. So, Nikki, just now you were speaking to offering a safety for your clients because you're giving them a transparency and a vulnerability that they may not experience elsewhere. Definitely. A lot of my clients come in and they don't really get the support that they need or that they deserve or they have been told that they are not enough or that they're doing too much and you know it's disheartening to see these beautiful individuals Mm -hmm. with so much light Mm. not be able to use it because so many people have dimmed it or taken it away Mm. and it's like no like you have a voice you have power speak so the the listeners can't see you but you were definitely having a a visceral reaction when you were saying, um, you know, stay in your place and you're doing the most, you're doing too much. I feel like you've lived that experience. I definitely have. And, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm saying like, use your voice. And yet there are moments when I'm in my head and I'm like, your voice doesn't matter. But then I'm telling others, use your voice. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The mind can be a tricky thing. Okay, so your mind plays tricks on you. All the time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm too in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Based on what other people have told me growing up. Mm-hmm. When did you gain this level of self-awareness? I'm still gaining it every day. Okay. And and. What's the point of being self-aware? What are you going to do with it? Make changes to push past fears. Okay. Now, I know you. Like, I know you. And I don't want to call you out all the way. But how about that? You, this, you can share what you feel like sharing. What 
fears are you still pushing past? The judgment of others and that I am not good enough. And people won't want to hear what I have to say. Yeah, you said that numerous times. So what are you fearful that you're not good enough in? Is there something specific, Nikki? Me being me. Okay. And how are you going to share exactly who you are with the world now that you are recognizing you're good enough? I'm fantastic. How am I going to share it with the world? That's right. How are they going to know that you're fantastic? By listening to my podcast. When are you going to put it out? You tend to do this to me quite often. <laughs> just like, you could have answered anything you wanted to. I, I gave you that space. So, what you doing? Y'all, Carla's a pusher, okay? No, with all love, and I know it. I plan to record my first official episode tomorrow and have it posted by Sunday. Okay. Um, the universe heard it. You have a witness here who, who heard it. Uh, if you believe in, in the Heavenly Father, he heard it. They heard it. The Holy Trinity, we heard it. So come Sunday, your podcast is going to drop. And what's going to be the title of your podcast? What's the name of the show? It is called Two In Her Thoughts. Can you spell that for us? T-O-O-I-N capital H-E-R-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Two In Her Thoughts. And Nikki, why did you name it? two in her thoughts okay so i named it two in her thoughts because i'm always in my head mm. too much mm. but also i have been labeled as doing too much mm. and if i have other guests on the podcast there's two people mm. so the two incorporates so many different things mm -hmm. that will be in the podcast mm -hmm. um speaking about being too much for others how do you feel about that part, that judgment of being referred to as being too much? I can't stand it. Every mm -hmm. time my clients say it, I say, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. We're going to change that around. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not too much. You're not doing too much. You mm -hmm. are only expressing yourself in the way that you know how. Huh. You are trying to get others to understand you. Mm -hmm. And that's not doing too much. That's not being too much. What is it then? It's you having a reaction based off your experiences. Woo! Tell them. You sound like you're speaking to the socio-cultural, socio-political, geo-environment that's going on around the world. Damn right. Mm. Mm. We are not too much. Mm. And especially as a black woman mm. and a black man. No, mm. no, 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 no. You're not going to keep telling me that I'm too much, I'm too sensitive, I'm too dramatic, I'm too this. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We are who we are. Let me ask you, um, given who you are, what are you allowed to do? You are allowed to change your reactions that make you feel good. I'm, speaking, I'm being specific. Like, what are you allowed to do? In being too much? whoever you are whatever you are i'm allowed to do what i'm doing right now mm. and maneuver in the way that i know how mm. and overcome challenges as they come i got you hey um 
in the here and now and and in this spirit of growth, the time of growth, hell, we are we are fresh off the new year. Let me ask you, what brings you um, overall life satisfaction? Being able to help others. Okay. Helping them break down their walls mm-hmm. and feel safe in their vulnerability mm-hmm. and that they are not going to be judged for having feelings. Mm. In the intro, uh, I read off a bit of your bio and I believe we were speaking about your allyship and advocacy type work that you do for certain communities, helping others break down those walls, be their authentic versions of selves. Tell me about that. So I am queer and I grew up with two queer parents and I had seen a lot of judgment, discrimination. I'm also black. (laughs) And so with that, I want the queer LGBTQIA community to feel safe and protected and appreciated and valued and all the things to live out loud and to not have to hide who they are. Because there were so many moments growing up where my parents had to hide who they were. And, you know, I would want to hang out with certain friends and have them come over to my house and their parents would be like, oh, we don't like your parents' lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So my kid can't come over. Like they, the, their kids is going to catch gay or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But with that, I'm like, I can't, being in a box, uh, it's, just, it's very aggravating. Ooh, that part, being in a box. Okay, so full disclosure. Uh, Nikki and I have known each other for years. We were in the master's program um, in our quest to become mental health professionals. And I can recall spaces when we were in classes together and we were essentially one of one. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me how you have uncontorted yourself over these past few years. Speaking up and attempting to go by my real name (laughs) and just having more confidence in myself as a black woman in a space. But I can also say too, that I have gone through my own black identity struggles Mm. and trying to find a black community that I fit in Mm. because that can be a challenge on its own as well. And it's so hard to be the only black person sitting in an all-white space. It takes, you're just constantly staring at your surroundings and like, why is it just me? I need some color up in this place. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard some of your stories. We've had personal conversations, obviously. We've been friends for years about that thing. Um, having to contort and conform and assimilate and whatever the hell it is so that we could not offend people, um, not brush up against whatever their norm is in the space. That shit is hella uncomfortable. And you're speaking about the blackness thing. Yeah, feeling like a fraud on both sides of the fence. I can't stand feeling like a fraud. Mm-hmm. And code switching, uh, mm-hmm. that is just not 
my thing. You know, you try to be like, oh, well, hi, I'm Nikki. Yeah, don't work for me. I am who I am. And I have to stick up for myself. And recently, I have had to set boundaries with myself so I don't become affected when I am in predominantly white spaces. Mm -hmm. So I either say, hey, I'm not going to go. Or if I do go, I just have to be more aware of what I am doing, how I am acting in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Nikki, um, I'm hearing words like fight and fraud and pigeonhole. How often are you finding happiness and joy in your overall experience, given the backdrop of that part? Basically, let me, let me make this a, a, a binary question. Are you an angry black woman? Hell no, I'm not no angry black woman. Okay. I'm just a black woman that have had stuff happen mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning to navigate. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to overcome adversity. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to overcome generational trauma. Mm -hmm. And to be in a space where I am safe, my own safety. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that you're allowed to do these things now versus not being allowed to do that stuff before? Because I was controlled by my parents and society. Mm -hmm. Growing up, up in a predominantly white area, going to a predominantly white school, always feeling like the outcast, like mm -hmm. I was not like anyone else. I wasn't the pretty girl. Mm -hmm. I was the black girl or the black girl that was, oh, pretty for a black girl. The black girl that had to have all the different hairstyles and couldn't get it right. The black girl that had no confidence in her style. The black girl that nobody wanted to date because nobody was dating the black girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you not to take offense to this because I don't know if it's offensive but I do know about some of your intergenerational trauma. We've talked about both of our own. Um, I have met your mom. And I feel that you have some privilege. Right. I see the confusion on your face. Let me explain. Because in your removing some of those uh, walls that were created by that intergenerational trauma, um, putting salve on those scars, uh, hell, recognizing that it is a scar, I, I say privilege because I know that some people in your family, I won't say who, are recognizing the value of tending to their mental health. Yes. Are yeah. we referring to my mother? Okay, I saw the <laughs> smile on your face. Yeah, go there. Yeah, my mom has really changed and developed and learned a lot about herself and the things that she had did in the past that really impacted me. Mm. And she's finally starting to hear me and hear me out loud. Mm. And our relationship has grown to exponential levels. And she is my best friend. And I can literally call my mom and talk to her about anything now. 
And in the past, it was like, no, I had to stay closed off and shut off or I was going to be yelled at, you know, and now Mm -hmm. just emotionally, emotionally, she is there for me Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Where'd you get the confidence to even broach some of this stuff with her? Becoming a counselor. (laughs) Tell me about the growth. I decided to step outside of my comfort zone and I realized with a lot of my clients or a lot of individuals in the field you know speaking up and speaking out and being open about your feelings is the most important thing and you can't control anybody reactions you can only control yours and it is about you and your own safety okay hold on hold on pause Nikki, if I know you well enough, as I would like to think that I do, I would safely assume that you value interpersonal relationships. And one of your ultimate goals is either maintaining or improving those relationships that you hold to be valuable. What about the fear of breaking that relationship and or confronting someone or that they feel like you're confronting them but we'll at least say confronting the issue that they feel so threatened that they want to cease the relationship what did you do with that fear as of right now i'm currently going through that exact thing and i have learned to sit back and say it's going to all work out how it's supposed to Mm. and i did what i could Mm. I confronted the situation head on. Mm-hmm. I can't control their reactions. Mm-hmm. They'll reach out when they're ready, but I'm not going over and beyond because I feel as though like I did something wrong when I know that is not the case. Where'd you get that faith? In the growth of watching other relationships that I have been in and how I have confronted situations head on and I, I have been met with sincerity and genuine love and care, and the relationships have only grown. Hey, here's something that I ask folks because I, you know, I came to this thought um, through session. Of course, we just learned so much about life. Who are your relationship role models, and who are your emotional role models? Relationship role model: my grandparents. Mm-hmm. The love and care that these two individuals have for each other. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. They've been married for 60 years. Woo! That black love. Anyways, not that the black love thing matters. You know, I'm married to a white man. And? You know, I'm I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Shit, black love, interracial love. love, All the the love. um, I think Morris Day said jungle love. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so my grandparents are definitely the relationship love. It's they lasted forever, and they just care so much for each other, and they are still going strong, and they laugh with each other and get on each other's nerves. It's absolutely beautiful. Emotional love, emotional emotional modeling, uh, emotional role model. Can I say as of right now, I don't have one. No worries, you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also wondering about your other role models in, in other spaces, like all the things that, that make up your identities, the dynamic you. 
you know, what are some, some of those other role models? Who are some of those old role models for you? Another role model would be, you know, our boss, Stacy. Honestly, she has given me so much encouragement in the field of counseling and really seeing who I am and what I can bring forth and my relational skills with clients. Because, of course, in the beginning, we're all nervous. We don't know what's going on. When I came out of my first session, I was terrified. And she was like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, you did great. You're a very relational person. Keep going with that. And she allows me to be me, and I don't have to go by textbooks like, oh, how did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I'm just me in the session. Mm -hmm. Tell me then, um, speaking of me, you, what are your identities? That's a tough one, Carl. No worries. They teach us these, you know, $20 words like intersectionality. What are the dynamic parts of you? Who are you? Give me some of those identities. Relational. And relational is honestly all I can stick with because that is who I am when you come into my session. Mm -hmm. You are going to just feel this vibration, this connection, this empathy, this heart. Well, let me, so you, you've mentioned some of them um, being a black woman. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the clients who are the opposite of that or those identities? How do you relate and connect to them? How do you create that warmth and that sense of safety? Making them feel empowered. And that they are in control of their own lives and they don't have to keep putting up with crap that only hurts them. Mm. I allow them to feel heard. Even if we look different, that doesn't mean I haven't gone through the same thing that you've gone through. Or something similar to at least understand what pain looks like. Exactly. Got you. You're an empath. Definitely. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Nikki, if you could summarize your existence right now how would you do that and maybe that's impossible to to summarize all uh, that you're experiencing right now but you've gone through a lot like i said in this, this i said 18 months but in this past year two years um three years you have done a lot if i can summarize it i would just say reaching new heights mm-hmm are you at the finish line? Absolutely not. Are you scared of what may come next? No, I think I'm embracing it and ready for it. Mm -hmm. How do you know that you're ready for it? Because I'm sitting here and I'm smiling as I'm doing this thing that I was absolutely terrified to do. Yeah, you bullshitting. You've been bullshitting for a minute now. <laughs> but yeah, here you are. You are capable. Um, you are competent. And it's good to see your confidence peaking. Um, I don't know if I've told you before, but I'll say it here and now, and we'll, we'll give it to the rest of the world and the universe. Nikki, as much as you should be proud of yourself, know that everyone else is also proud of you. I'm proud of you, friend. Thank you, Carl. I really appreciate it. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate you helping me to do this thing. Yeah. 
And hopefully we've helped others. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of All Passion, No Patience. We are proud of you for taking the steps, taking action, and taking one step closer to becoming the ideal version of self. Tune in next time to join us in Transformative Conversation. Take care.